Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bear Your Soul Sister podcast where it's going to be a little bit of a different podcast this this episode. Rhi and I are diving deep into our pregnancy journeys and our journey into motherhood. So we're going to be sharing a lot around that and we hope you guys enjoy it. I love that. You did it well. She fucked up before. <laughs> She's just like freaking out. You're perfect, Kara. I love you so much. <laughs> this is what you get on, on, our, on our podcast, guys. You get the real authentic us where yeah. we don't have it scripted. So <laughs> you will get these odd occasions where... <laughs> well, you laughed in the last one because you were like, uh, I can't remember the question. <laughs> it will happen to me too, I know. Um, before we dive into this one, I just wanted to quickly say before, if anyone is pregnant or wanting to have kids, what we're about to say, I don't want you to be afraid of, like, this is a very common conversation behind the scenes for me. And I think Kara can agree with that. Um, so I, and we find that so many people don't have this conversation with their, their family and their friends or have people to talk to about it. So we wanted to just talk about this, you know, open and honestly, but we just don't want you to come at it going, Oh my God, now I'm scared. So, um, it's not, it's nothing crazy, but just, I wanted to put that out there. Um, so we kind of touched it on like episode one, how I said that, I personally never, ever, ever wanted children and I was sprung. Um, I had I had issues with my hormones and I was definitely sprung by absolute surprise that I fell pregnant with my son Atlas and I had to go through a very intense journey of accepting that he was going to be a part of our lives. And the main reason why I never wanted children was because of the massive fear of losing who I was like I, I guess like when we saw it in movies and you know my mum and other mums that are like the older generation I found like I watched them kind of lose themselves to be fully devoted to being a mum and you know a lot of them looked really freaking miserable and I was I was petrified to become that and soon I soon found out that so many people including Kara went through something similar of like an identity crisis and almost grieving who they were and then having to be okay with becoming someone they don't even know who it's going to be because they don't know what it's like to have a kid. So yeah, do you want to share a bit about your story around that and how you went through that first, Cara? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I originally, you know, had this dream, you know, I'd get married, I'd have two beautiful children and that would be that. And it's so funny how you have this expectation of how your life is going to, I guess, play out or what you feel is the ideal and things like that. And for me, I guess I didn't come from a huge family, so I wasn't used to having um, lots of siblings or anything like that. And so I kind of never really envisioned having I guess, more than two children. And for me, I had really great experiences with my first pregnancy and even my second. Um, But it was my third pregnancy that I really struggled with. And I really, 
I guess, um, had to go deep and learn a lot about myself. And um, I did struggle a lot uh, postpartum after I had my baby um, because originally I had only ever envisioned having two children and then to have that, I guess, shock of um, you're having a third <laughs> was really something that I had to uh I guess, work on. And it wasn't really something that I felt I could talk about with um, a lot of people because, you know, so many people struggle to have children and then to be that person that's like, I'm scared to have another child. And I um, had kind of like closed that chapter of my life and to have to go through that a third time, um, not feeling... I guess the normal expectation of um, joy when you find out you're pregnant um, is really, really challenging um, to deal with. And I remember going to the doctor and um, confirming I was pregnant and I knew I was pregnant, like I was so sick. But just getting that confirmation um, and crying, not necessarily tears of happiness, but tears of um, being scared and not knowing what to expect and um yeah it was really really different to my previous two pregnancies where it was it was that tears of joy and tears of happiness and um yeah and just having guilt around that feeling guilty for feeling that way and that you shouldn't feel that way and you should be grateful and you should be happy and you should be screaming it from the rooftops and I wasn't and it was um it was a really, really challenging part of my my life and probably one of the most challenging that I've never really spoken about. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. When I remember I was seeing Safi, my naturopath, which I mentioned in episode one, and the herbs that I was taking, um, it, it was to help with my hormones, but Safi always said, like, I'd recommend you taking a pregnancy test every now and again just to make sure you're not pregnant because it can do damage to a baby if you're taking them and you're pregnant. And it was actually after UPW, I went to my naturopath and I was like, oh, it's been a while since I've taken a pregnancy test. I didn't really feel any symptoms. I felt like tired, but I put that down to UPW because it like crazy days. Um, and I was in the Brisbane city Maya center in a toilet just before I was about to go to see Safi. And I was like, I better pee on this stick. I pee on the stick. I put it down. I got dressed. And I turned back around and it said positive and my, I just went numb. Like it was just like this, like what the hell? I was in complete shock. And I walked in to see Safi and Safi's like, are you okay? Like you look white as a ghost. And I couldn't even get the words out that I'm pregnant. I just gave her the test and she was stoked because she was like, obviously what I've been doing is working. Your hormones are working, but it wasn't the result that I wanted. Um, I just wanted the hormones and like I was a complete mess. I was sobbing. I was like, this is not what I wanted. Like, I don't want this. I don't want this. I just kept saying, I don't want, like, I don't know what to do. She's like, you just need to go get a blood test and like make sure for sure, like maybe it could be fake. And then when she like, well, not fake, false. Um, and then when she saw it, she was like, oh, no, 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 you're, you're fully pregnant. And I was like, fuck. And um, yeah, I got to take the blood test. I had to wait three days uh to find out if I was pregnant because I found out on a Friday and then didn't get the results to the Monday um and I was so like wrapped up in my own head of how my life was going to look I didn't even ask if Ashley was okay like he just nurtured me he even to this day he goes 
you know, I'll never forget the moment. I think it was a Saturday where he walked past the bath and I was sitting in the bath, just having a bath. And I was just sobbing my eyes out because I was like, this is not how my life was meant to be. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I knew, I remember even telling a friend of mine who I actually had no idea at the time that she wanted children or was trying to have children. And she knew how much I didn't want kids. And I went to her thinking, you know, she's a really good friend of mine. She could support me through this, but it triggered the shit out of her because she was going through her own conception journey that I had no idea about. And I'm sitting there saying, I didn't want kids. um, And I don't know what I want to do right now. And um, I guess that's why I kept it so quiet for so long because I was so afraid. Like, so it's crazy how many people like judge mothers. Like, it's women judge women so much about this. And like, I guarantee there's going to be people that might even listen to us and be like, how can you not want children? Or how could you ever think of that about your unborn child? But there's so many people out there that also have gone through this and they're they've got nowhere to go because they also don't feel safe talking about how they felt. So, you know, I kept that so close to my heart for so long until I felt like I fully was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to be a mum, even though I don't think I was ever ready to be a mum. I still feel like <laughs> I'm not ready to be a mum and I'm three years in. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a real big shock. Like I don't think I was happy about the whole situation until sometime into my second trimester it kind of like just went clicked and was like I can do this I can totally do this Mm. was there a moment for you where you're like it's going to be okay like what was that what was that process for you to like go from to like I'm I'm cool I'm going to be a mama three and it's going to be great I think that first ultrasound that I had when he was maybe like eight weeks um, in utero and I heard his heartbeat and I was like, it, everything's fine. It doesn't matter anymore. Like this is all going to be okay. And like, that's your child. And, you know, like um, I get teary thinking about it now, but like, yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting how you, you think you should be responding one way and then you're not. And then you're kind of like, well, why aren't I feeling that way? And um, yeah, I think I had so much fear with my pregnancy. Like the fear that I felt during Jack's pregnancy compared to my other two was just insane. And I don't know where that came. I, I don't know if it was because I was originally so closed off to the fact that I wasn't going to have any more children. And then all of a sudden I was pregnant again. And and then the fear of like losing that because I had felt that way of being guilty Mm. or conceiving him, I was like, Oh, what if something happens now? Because like, maybe I put some bad juju out there to the universe. And there was so much fear during my pregnancy. Um, that yeah just never really went away but I think after hearing his heartbeat I was like you know it's okay I'm I've done this before and it'll all be fine and um yeah after that it was it was it was it was I started to enjoy being pregnant as opposed to being fearful of being pregnant and yeah even though it came with its challenges um the third time round, um I tried to soak it up as much as possible and do things differently as well so that I could have the birth that I wanted, um, that I craved, that I never got with the other two. And I started to see it in a different light. Mm, I love that so much. Um, 
for me, like for me, that process of being totally okay with the fact that I was going to be a mum started when, you know, after I got the blood test, Ashley was at work um, and I said, I'm going to go get the results now. Um, I'll, I'll bring you home a six pack of beer and we'll, we'll have the talk of like, what the hell are we going to do next? And um, I remember texting and saying, yep, it's a positive. And he's like, guess I'll see that six pack of beer. Um, and I sat down. I'm like, I just realized this whole day because I was by myself the whole day. It was like the longest day of my life. Um, I remember him coming home from work and he sat down, cracked his beer. And I was like, it's been three days and I haven't even asked how you are, if you're excited because I was so wrapped up in how it was affecting me. And then even that, I was like, see, I'm so selfish. I can't be a mum. Like if I'm this selfish now, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it was the moment where Ashley looked at me in the eyes because Ashley's got, a, I guess, an interesting story around his family. But he turned around to me and he was like, I really want to know what it's like to be a dad. And that in that moment, I was like, fuck, I can't even say like, this isn't happening. Like in that moment, I was like, nah, this is beyond me. And I'm doing this. I'm doing this for, if anyone for Ashley. And I know that my, my soul will catch up. I'll be like, okay, like I'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll be supported. Um, And then I guess I dived deep into the self-development. I reflected, I was like, you know, what am I most afraid of? And because I am extremely career orientated and I like freedom is one of my highest values. My, my, um, my fear was I was never going to have freedom again. Like I was going to be strapped to this kid. Mm. Um, like my mum was like my, my mum was, you know, all hands on deck with me and my brother. Like she barely did anything for herself. And I was so petrified that that was going to become me. So, I then like looked at all the people that I looked up to. One was you, Carissa Hill. <laughs> it was you, Carissa Hill, Peter Kelly, Melissa Ambrosini at the time was like, she had a bonus child. Like all the people that I looked up to were doing the things that they wanted to do. They were working towards their goals and they had a child. And I was like, well, if they can do it, that means I can do it too. And then I went to Ashley and I was like, right, like we'll go have the, the scan to see if like how many in there because that was another fear we were prone to having twins I was like if there's twins there's a whole other conversation happening <laughs> um and yeah I saw that little heartbeat and I looked at Ashley and I was like okay like that's it I'm gonna be a mum <laughs> like I knew again that moment um and then I said to Ashley I was like you want to know what it's been like to be a dad I was like you have to step up like this isn't a joke like this is a life like you've got to go all in we need to make this like it's almost like your priority um so I can be the breadwinner like this is my goal this is how we can pivot you know um and he was like yeah I'm all in and that's how you know I I personally believe without that happening Ashley wouldn't be like I call him retired because he's Mm. so so broken um but you know he's not the stay he's a stay-at-home dad now he gets to he loves it like people joke and was like how could you do that like how could you be the stay-at-home dad and he's like I I don't want him to go to kidney what what would I do in my days like I'd be so bored out of my brain he loves it he thoroughly enjoys being home with Atlas and um yeah I think for me that was my processing was looking outside of myself and going I'm going to be so supported that I will be okay and I can look after myself enough that you know I will be I'll totally be okay for sure yeah definitely it's a hard one 
hard. It is. It, it really is. And I think it's something that's not spoken about um, enough. Like I think everybody just expects women to have that maternal instinct and to feel like, um, you know, they know what, what they're going to be doing when they're pregnant and when they become a mom. And, um, you know, like there's definitely, I guess, more resources and more people talking about it now than even say 10 years ago when I first had my daughter. Um, but there's not enough conversation, I think, around um, those fears and those um, those realizations of like, okay, like, what am I going to do to support them? And I never want them to, you know, have to see me struggle to put food on the table. And, you know, there's all those things that come with being mum that sometimes aren't spoken about. And I think everybody who goes through pregnancy probably experiences some form of fear or some form of, um, yeah, like stress around what am I going to do, particularly when it's, you know, I guess a pregnancy that comes out of shock, mm. um, that wasn't planned or, yeah, it wasn't um, expected. So I think, yeah, it's definitely really important that we speak about this because, I, I know I probably struggled a lot more with it than what I probably needed to because it wasn't something that I could speak about with everybody. Yeah, I totally, I completely agree with that. And, and I also believe for myself, if I didn't have the resources to self-reflect and like do the journaling, I didn't really talk to anyone about it and not, not until after I had Atlas but especially the whole identity crisis thing of like realizing that who you are before you give birth to your child is gone. Like you're not going to be that person again. And you don't even know who you're about to become because you don't know what you're in for until the child's here and, and years to come. Mm. Right. So, you know, I think that's, I think it's so important that if I didn't do that self-reflection work and if I, like I'm so grateful that I had those tools, I honestly hand on heart think I would have had postnatal depression because that would have been, that would have been the thing. It was just like, I'm, I'm lost. And you hear it so often is like all these people and all these parents that have said like, I don't know who I am anymore. And they feel mm-hmm. bad because they love their kid or kids, but then they're just so in that, like, I feel lost and it's because I gave birth to my children and they don't want to project it on their children. And then they start, like, I felt guilty that I was like, am I even going to love him? Like, I don't, I never felt that, you know, love connection when he was in my belly. I was just kind of like, oh, I'm growing a bump. Like, here we go. Um, So I was, my fear was I wasn't going to love him. I was just going to be like, oh, you're just going to be attached to me for 18 years. That was my biggest fear. Mm. And like, how am I going to not force love, but try and love this human being that I have no option but to look after for at least 18 years? Like that was my biggest fear. And it took longer than I thought it would. I think it was about, oh, I think it was 12 months was like the first time I said that I loved him when he was going to bed. Um, but like, as he grows older, I'm like more and more connected with him. I can hand on heart say, I don't regret having him. Um, I would have never known if like I chose a different option, like of whether or not I would have regretted it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a big thing. And I feel like people need to feel more safe to be able to have these conversations and not feel guilty that this is how they feel because 
you know, we are in a world where so many people are challenged to conceive. Like there's so much issues with hormones when it comes to women. So there is a big society and community within us that are struggling. And I, and I feel for them, you know, I, it took me three years to have a period. I wasn't, my goal wasn't to have a baby, but I, I, I didn't feel like a woman because my body wasn't doing what it was meant to. Mm. So I do feel for you. I'm not going to ever understand what you're going through, but it'd be, I, I can imagine it would be such a challenge, but they're on the flip side. There's people out there that don't want this and they're, they're put into this situation, not realizing, thinking they took all the precautions um, and you know, it happens. So yeah, I, I, I feel for people that don't have that space to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's, and it's interesting, like, I feel like there just needs to be so much less judgment around everything. So, you know, being a mum, you know, when you're pregnant, you're being judged. When you have the baby, you're being judged. When your children are older, you're being judged. Like there's just so much judgment. How you have your baby, you're judged. You know, if you had a home birth or you had a cesarean or you had a normal birth in a hospital, there's just judgment. It doesn't matter what you do. It feels like you just can't do the right thing anymore. And I think that's where we really need to just come together and we need to support each other um, no matter what the yeah I guess situation is and provide safe places for one another to to speak about it because yeah like um even though I had had two children before like just having that you know like we'd sold all of our baby stuff we'd sold the pram we packed away the cot we got rid of all the baby clothes you know like you you have become content with what you have you've accepted it and, you know, to have that shock of, oh, I'm going to go through this all again. And even the anxiety that comes with having a newborn, no one really speaks about that. And no one really speaks about how hard it is so hard when you have a newborn and then throw another two kids on top of that. When you're going to school, you're going to kindy, you're going here, there and everywhere. Uh, no one actually speaks about how challenging that can be and you don't get time to recover. You literally up 24 seven for that first week. You don't get to heal like you would if you had normal surgery or whatever might happen to you. You just don't get time um, to really, I guess, sometimes come to terms with your new reality. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what can be so overwhelming sometimes is, even though I had been a mum before, I had fear around going through that newborn stage again. Like, how am I going to do this with three? You know, how am I going to get to school every day? And how am I going to get, you know, them fed? And, you know, like just there's so many things that you, I guess, you see in your future and you just go, how am I going to do that? Like, and who is going to support me? And, um, you know, gone are the days where your neighbor brings over a, a dish for you when you've had a baby or, you know, like there's not really that village or community vibe that they used to have years and years ago. Um, you know, there are some people out there that are really lucky that do have it, but let's be honest, a lot of people don't get that. And, mm. um, I think it's really important that we start opening up space for women around this topic because not only does it affect the mom, but it can affect the children lifelong. Mm. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful that 
I no longer feel that way, obviously, about having three children. But it was definitely something I was never expecting myself to feel. Like I honestly would, if you would have said to me at the beginning when I, you know, had my first daughter, you know, if I would feel that way about having a third, I would have been like, hell no. Like I would love as many kids as possible. Give me as many as I can have. But it's not until you're in that reality that you go, okay, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I totally, I totally feel that. Something I wanted to touch on because I found it interesting is um, I, I guess this part of our story is a little bit different. You said that you, um, that the newborn phase was really, really hard for you. Mm. Why do you feel like it was hard for you? Cause it wasn't hard for me. So I wanted to see mm. what the difference is for you. I think just having that awareness that you've got two other children yeah. um, to care for and, I was not lucky to have my husband home for me with me for a month after birth. Like he had a couple of days off because I was so sick at the end of my pregnancy. I think it was maybe a maximum of a week that I had him home with me. It might've even been less. I can't remember, but it wasn't a very long time because he had to take two weeks off um, prior to me having given birth because I was 42 weeks pregnant when I had had, um, Jack. So he had to take additional time off then, which, you know, we were planning to have him around at the after the birth. Um, but because of his own work commitments, he couldn't be there for me. And I think that was such um, a difficult time because you literally don't know how to care for three little humans all at once. You're learning as you go. Sure. Um, the more children you have, the more pain you're in. When you recover, you have worse afterbirth pains, um there's just so many things that come with it that I guess yeah you don't really fully get time to adapt and time to figure out until you're in the midst of it and you're kind of just winging it yeah and I think you know um because you've got so many things going on in your daily normal now um it's not like it used to be where you could just have all the kids at home with you and there, there was more, um, I guess, less social pressure um, the more kids you had. It's got to make sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So from what you've said, I guess like what I did differently is yes, of course I had, I only had one child, um, I guess. And this just goes to show how important it is, is I had a lot of support. And I think because also, so because of how severe I reacted at the doctors, um, I know that you had a private midwife, but I was, you know, I didn't even know what the process was at the beginning of having a babies. And um, I think, I think it was like two weeks after I went to the doctors, I got a phone call from a private midwife saying like, I just wanted to make sure that you, you kept the baby because you've been put on like a list to be, have a private midwife for your own mental health because of the way you reacted, your doctor was concerned. Like that's how intense I was at the doctors. Um, And I think from that point, I kind of realized like, holy smokes, it's so important to have support. Like when the baby's here. So my biggest plan was to make sure I had as much support as I could for as long as I needed um, after Atlas was here. So yes, um, at that point, Ashley was no longer working. So I had him home. We had my mum home for six weeks. So she lived only not far away. So, cause she usually works 
well, uh, two weeks on, two weeks off. So she took t- six weeks off to be there if I needed her. Um, and Amanda, my mother-in-law, she, I think, also took four weeks off and flew up from Newcastle to be here with her partner at the time, Peter. So I had a lot of people hands on decks to help me. And I, I think if I if anyone ever asks me for advice, I always say, like, don't stress about the things that you have like at a baby shower. I'd be, I'd be asking for support, like ask people um, to make it, make a food train. Like day one, they bring you food. Day two, someone else brings you food. Day, like just make a food train. That's the last thing you think of is like, I didn't cook once. So I couldn't even, rem- I couldn't imagine you running two kids to school, having a newborn, keeping the house intact, doing it all by yourself. Like that's fucked. Like, fucking you're way more of a superwoman than me i hope you have your super wonder woman undies on because like fucking hell (laughs) yeah i mean like i had days where like my mum would come over and help or you know like that she she'd cook a meal or you know people might drop in and you know have a cuddle or whatever with the baby and but there was no like ongoing support like you had like yeah like there was days or times where i would get you know people would pick up the kids or they'd do like the odd job, but it wasn't like continual support. Someone always there. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm so grateful that I had that. And I'm so grateful that it all worked out that I could have mm. like that, that was an option. And, you know, I, I wish that everyone that gives birth from now on has some kind of support network like that, yeah. at, at least for a month, I reckon like I, in a, you know, in a, dream world I think that would be incredible well I know um, in other countries there's um they call them like th- there's like a certain name for it where it's like the mother doesn't leave for 30 days and it is the the family's responsibility to care for the mother and child for the, that 30 days yeah. and I just think that's such a beautiful thing and yes like it would it all comes down to you know what support and even just financial capacity that you have to be able to do that. And unfortunately not everybody's partners will have, you know, heaps of leave or be able to take that time off. And um, some people don't live near their family or have the ability to get their family to come and help them. So um, it would be amazing if there was some sort of service where you could just hire someone to come and and help you for that first month after birth. And I'm sure there probably is some, something out Mm. there now, but yeah, like it's, um, I think until you've gone through that experience, you don't really understand it. And I think a lot of people, they all say they'll help you, but when it actually comes down to it, they're not always able to. Yeah. And I think that's where, um, yeah, it can be, it can be really challenging if you don't have that support network with you. Yeah, for sure. I, I like seeing your experience and then my experience, I feel like definitely, without that support, it wouldn't have, it would have been a lot harder for me to like bond or even focus on Atlas. You know, mm-hmm. I, I loved that I could spend time with him and then like, you know, Amanda was cleaning the kitchen or doing the dinner, like that, that I felt was so important. So yeah, if anyone's up, like listening and you don't know what to ask from people, it's like, just see if you can get the support plan, that kind of support, because it's, I feel like that is by far one of the most important things. Mm. Um, after birth is like that support network for sure. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap it up, because we could go on a tangent about this. Forever, <laughs> when it comes to um, that identity 
loss like you know grieving who you were and then becoming because I feel I don't like I haven't experienced it but I'm going to assume like it was a whole new identity each child do you feel like that was the case um I don't think it was as strong with my second I think um I was pretty confident um you know having having had Scarlett and then yeah when Zach came along it was it wasn't too big of a shock um yeah, I felt pretty, pretty confident, pretty good, pretty stable with how everything was in my life. But I think the fact that, you know, I had only just sold my business mm-hmm. and then I kind of didn't really know what I was doing, I guess, in that aspect of my life. And then, you know, only a couple of months into that change, I've had this next big change hit me. Um, I was like, well, I can't do that now. And I can't do that now. Cause like, I'm going to be going through, you know, this um, new journey as a, as a mum again, like, because every time your children get to a different stage, like, you know, whether it's school or it's, you know, a different age, their needs change. So, you know, I think I had a little bit of fear around going through that process again. So I was like, well, I can't, I can't do this and I can't do that. And I was very much in I'm a can't mode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, like I just, I think because I had been through that um, very big life altering change not long prior to getting pregnant, um, it heightened everything. I think if I would have still been in my business and everything was just as it was very similar to how I was when I had my second pregnancy, I probably wouldn't have had such a fearful um, experience. I think like, I think there was just so much uncertainty in my life around multiple things that it kind of just made the whole experience probably feel worse than what it actually was. And it was not that bad at all. Like, I think I just, it was multiple things and just the, the um, headspace that I was in at the time that made it more heightened. For sure. Can I ask if we can, I guess, break it down to three things and then I'll answer as well. What would be three things that you helped with the identity shift like of course so many people I talk to they grieve who they were and then they're scared because they don't know who they're becoming Mm. so like what were the three things that you did to support yourself during that transition of becoming the new Cara that was a mum yeah I mean I think third time around was probably the biggest um time that I I experienced this I guess and for me it was knowing that I needed to be gentle on myself, that it was okay if I lived in a pigsty for a week because at the end of the day, as long as my children were, their needs were met and I was okay and I was well and I was healthy, didn't matter if I spent the day on the couch and, you know, just letting go of those expectations really helped me. And then once I kind of got through that busyness of the first, I guess, 12 months, um, it was giving myself permission to focus on what it was that I wanted to do next um letting go of guilt I think just not feeling bad for wanting to do something for myself and wanting to find myself again um and just yeah I think I was a lot more confident obviously third time round, like knowing what to do as a mum as well like sometimes you don't know how to get through certain situations and you know like why won't they stop crying or why won't they this or yeah like there's so many things that you have to try and figure out when you have a have a baby and um 
yeah, just feeling a lot more confident in understanding different ages and situations and um, being aware of that, I think definitely helped me transition back into finding time to find myself again and learning to love myself again and just, um, yeah, I it was funny, like this time around um, third pregnancy, I really focused on my health straight away. Like I was going to the gym and um, I was getting, trying to be really, really healthy. But then as time changed and as I went back into work, that all started to slip. So I really had to work on figuring it out and taking time to, to learn where I wanted to go in order to reclaim my identity as a person and as a mum. I love that. If I could think of the three things that I did, I think it was more uh, surrendering would probably be number one is like just surrendering to the unknown, because I think the more that you resist of who am I going to be like what's it what's it going to be like on the other side what am I like what is my day is going to look like like how am I going to get through this you know I think when I surrendered of like let's just enjoy the ride rather than trying to control it it kind of Mm. like calmed down you know I was making so many assumptions and stories in my head of like what my life was going to look like like I was just going to be covered in a spew rag or you know, I was never going to leave the house or I couldn't remember the last time I'd see my friends or anything like that. So I think surrendering, surrendering would be number one. Number two is I made it very clear on the get-go to myself what my priorities were so that they would never slip. Meaning like if I wanted to see my friends, I would, I would do the best to make it work. You know, for me, I'm the kind of person where I need my own alone time to be a better person. I'm not someone that thrives in environment to get better energy. So like Ashley and I know that Ashley's like, you know, go, he can feel me getting flustered. He's like, go get a coffee, like go, go to the cafe, go, go journal, go have a nap. Um, So I think knowing my highest priorities of how to be the best person I can be and yeah, being aware of that, I think really allowed that. And that's going to be so different for other people. You know, mm-hmm. people don't, unfortunately, um, not everyone has the luxury to be able to just get up and go to a cafe by themselves. So I totally understand that. But you can, you know, even recently I've experienced actually not being able to work or do anything because he had surgery and he was in bed for three months. So even then in those moments I had to get creative because I wasn't used to that you know, situation. I'm like, how am I going to juggle house life, mum life, business life, and then look after myself, knowing my priorities were to to nurture myself so I could be a better person for them. So I stole the moments I could. Okay, he's, he's having a nap. My work doesn't need to be done. I'm going to go sit in silence and enjoy a book or just listen to the trees or whatever yeah. the case may be. So I think, yeah, definitely understanding my priorities was so important. And I guess number three would be like just um, coming back to what matters the most. I know it's kind of like priorities, but those were more my priorities for myself. But then third would be like coming back to the priorities that were outside of me. So like it didn't matter if I didn't get back to a client straight away or if I, you know, couldn't do something because I was with my family. I just kind of went, okay, well, it's important for me to, yeah, look at it from a different perspective and and change my perception of what was the most important. Like if it was to leave me tomorrow, what would I be most miserable about? So mm. I think that's what helped me the most when it came to my my identity. 
Yeah, I think it's just really important for us as mothers in general just to let go of any yeah expectations or like fear around um what the ideal of being a mother is and how it should look and um even now like as they're older you've got to just feel confident and content in what you're doing as their parent and their guide I guess for this this life and Mm. um don't let what other people think you should be doing be, I guess, dictating how you feel because it's going to look different to everyone. You know, my children might thrive going to school or daycare and your child might thrive being homeschooled and being at home. And I think we all just need to accept that it's always going to look different for everybody and our journeys as mothers are always going to look different Um and we just need to support each other instead of judging. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> my biggest lesson for sure. I and I totally used to judge mums and before I was a mother. And I, now I'm like, shame on me, shame on me for doing that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I totally, totally agree. And it's so important to just remind yourself of that. Like I, I compare myself all the time. You know, I just read a book on comparison and I asked myself, where did I compare myself the most in what area of my life? And it's hands down motherhood. I would see like all these mums creating all these cool crafty things and taking the kids out all the time. And I'd be like, man, I wish I was that maternal or, you know, I wish I loved cuddling my kid as much as they love cuddling their kid and just all those things. I'm like, but that's not me and it's not us and it's not him. So I've got to come like I've just got to be an acceptance of like I'm not meant to be what I see in other people's lives and families yeah. and things like that because it's not us and that's totally okay but as a society we need to accept that you know just like you said like putting your kids in kindy awesome I haven't done that I don't think I will because of my own issues <laughs> my own abandonment issues um and that and that's totally okay, but it's not our right to judge other parents for, you know, the way that they parent, unless of course they're harming them. But yeah, that's ma- different. Ma- yeah, majority yeah. of the time they're not. You know, it's just it's just their own parenting. So yeah, and I think just you know when we see each other in the street or in the shops or you know having catch ups, actually just having those conversations and saying you know how are you going? Like, are you coping and you know, not just always saying, like, it really, really irks me when I just hear, oh, you're a super mum. Oh, well, you are a super mum, Soz. <laughs> okay, but what about, are you okay? <laughs> you know, like, yes, we can praise, but I think sometimes we also need to just take a step back and say, are they just putting on a front or do mm. they actually need support and do they need help? Because sometimes a lot of women who are particularly maybe going through postnatal depression, you'll never know about it because it's just, it's not something that everyone's, you know, speaks up and says, Hey, I have postnatal depression. Can you check in on me? Um, I think it's something that can often go, you know, unnoticed, unfortunately. And um, yeah, sometimes I think we do just need to be a little bit more confident in saying to people, you know, are you sure there's nothing I can help you with or, you know, and also as mums, if someone says to us, how about I come and watch the baby for an hour or so, actually saying, okay, yes, instead of being like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. I'll manage. I'll go. Mm. Yeah, just being totally a bit more agree. open to, to letting people help too. 
Yeah, for sure. One of the, my favorite questions I asked people was like, how can I support you? Like, what can I do? I don't, I don't like, I do care about the baby, but I don't care about the baby. I care about you because if you're not fit and able, then how can you be okay for your child? Yeah. So I always, and that's another thing. It's like, how's the, this is another thing I find with postnatal depression is like, it's when you're pregnant. So how are you? How are you feeling? How are you going? You, mm. you, you, cause you're carrying the baby. And then as soon as the baby's born, how's the baby? How's everything? It's like, I just birthed the child. Are you going to ask how I am? Like, am I healing? Okay. Yeah, my it's- vagina hurts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like no one wants to have that conversation. Like I remember being horrified when I had my daughter thinking, I didn't sign up for this. Like I didn't sign up to have this for six weeks after having a baby. No one told me about that. Like yeah. nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. It's and it's crazy how it's so crazy how people just go from caring so much about you and then like in an instant they just care about the baby and they like yeah. and I don't think they mean it majority no, of the time, no. but yeah. like it's just, it's just those little things. And that's how you can support mums. It's just like, are you okay? Do you stop trying to take the baby away from them and start helping with their environment rather yeah. than like, Oh, I'll, let me hold the baby. Like maybe I just want a cup of tea. Can you make me a cup of tea? I'm cool yeah. here. You know, especially if you didn't connect with your child to begin with, like, don't, you know, don't take it like the child around and all that kind of stuff. Maybe give me the time to connect with my child and you do the stuff that's happening around me kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So important. Okay. Well, I hope we've been able to, yeah, help somebody else through this podcast today to know that they're, yeah, what they're experiencing might, you know, might make them feel less alone and isolated mm. and for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I had comfort in no, even knowing you kind of went through something similar with me. And because we worked together at the time, I was forever asking you questions of like, oh, how did you move through this part? And, you know, you know, I feel like this. Did you feel like this too? Like, how do we move through that? So it was so good to have you to like to go to. So if anyone ever, I, we are there for you. So if you need the support, if you're feeling similar and you feel you know, guilty as hell for how you're feeling right now. Like if this is a safe space, you can always message either of us. Um, and yeah, just know that you're not alone and you don't have to be alone during this time. Yeah. I'd love to know if, um, this resonated with anybody as well. So please reach out to us if it did and, and let us know what you thought. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, I hope it didn't scare anyone away from wanting children. It's, it's 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 challenging but it's not as bad as I made it out to be so <laughs> yeah that's exactly right like there is nothing more I love than being a mom and um yeah but I do love having these conversations because I think it's really important to to bring awareness that it's not always going to be how the fairy tale says it's going to be I agree I agree. Well, thank you for being open and honest with me on our journey together. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing what people think. Yes, me too. Bye. See you next time.